When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. News team, assemble! It's back and bigger than ever. It's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew. Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. Welcome back. It is another edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast from Soonerscoop.com. The entire gang is here, and uh, unfortunately for some of you, I'm sober this week. No more vacation, no more uh, benders uh, to be on. I'm sleeping a regular schedule. I'm better than, like, Giannis Attentacumpo is right now, but, uh, yeah, I'm back at it. Eddie is on radio vacation this week. How's the sleeping in going this week? Oh, it's been great. It's awesome, <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I, might, I might not ever go back. It's, it's going to be awesome. It's my favorite thing to do is to it's sleep It's going to be in. excellent. Like, that's the thing. I've never stopped being a night person, even though I do a morning show. So I nap in the afternoon, but I'll sleep like four hours a night. But I just don't think life is worth living if you don't stay up till midnight. We've been, I've been going to sleep, I, I guess, probably a little bit later than I usually do, but not, not terribly too much. Hasn't been too bad. NBA kind of forces you to stay up if you yeah. keep up with it. Yeah, too. for sure. So anyway, uh, we've got all kinds of stuff going on in the college football recruiting world. Of course, today, uh, big bomb drops. Uh, And let's just address it right off the bat. uh, Talon Shetron. Now, Bob and Eddie will be paid to go watch all of his college games so he never does anything of significance. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like, this is is great news for Talon Shetron. He's going to have an all-career year next year at Edmund Santa Fe. Because you'll never be there to watch. I'll it. never be there to watch right. any games. Yeah. There's no reason now. <laughs> uh, so like, he decommits. Not only does he decommit from OU, but he also commits to Oklahoma State along with his brother. Uh, and let's go to our Josh McQuistian. I need some. I need like that ticker tape sound. Uh, Josh, I know you were on top of this. You were expecting it to happen. Uh, it's got to be one of the and, and I'm, I know OU fans are going to say, why couldn't they just do the package deal just to get a Rivals 100 player? That's going to be the criticism. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and Bob and Bob was talking before the pod. You know, kind of saying, well, look at like Tay Evans and Bobby Evans. Tay Evans was a redshirt freshman starter, and Bobby Evans is still in the NFL. That that's the kind of brother duo you want to go sign if you're competing for national titles like you want Oklahoma to do with and I'm and I want to say I think Tabry Shetron I think I, I just <laughs> weird timing but I released my Sooner State rankings this morning and I've got Tabry at 22 in the state I think he's a talented player I do at the same time just if you want to talk about in-state recruiting do you want to go take Tabry Shetron and potentially ruin your chance with Luke Haas in the next class from Bixby no, you've got to go get the best players you can get apart from any any ties, any strengths. 
it's one of those things where I, I get what Oklahoma has done here. I like the decision they've made. I mean, I, I'm not saying you don't want Talon Chetron. He is extremely talented, one of the best receivers we've ever covered in the state of Oklahoma. He is going to be a very good player at Oklahoma State. There's no question about it. At the same time, is wide receiver a problem for Oklahoma? Like, if, if we're talking about a, a defensive end or a top, you know, a future first-round left tackle – Okay, maybe we can have that conversation. But wide receiver? Since when has that been Oklahoma's problem in, in recruiting well, or on the field? Like it, it's, that, that just—it's not a problem, Josh. But now you've lost two of your receivers. Sure. Uh, and and Luther yeah. Burden's a guy that you know uh, Missouri continues to nip at. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think it's—I'm—I'm I'm playing the the part of the fan today. I'm—I'm going—I'm sure. here for you, fans. I'm You're here to go people. after Josh I'm, I'm McQuistian. Right I'm here I'm to go right after Josh McQuistian. Uh, I mean, you cannot. You have to be able to understand like how concerning this is for the fans. And like, I look. We've talked about Dennis Simmons before and how incredible he doesn't get enough credit. Uh, what an incredible recruiter he is. But you guys were out when Luther Burden was at camp the other day, uh, and they were just stuck to him like glue. But like. If you lose all these guys, you have to call this a, 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 a this cycle, this recruiting cycle, a massive failure. And this is all on top of what has happened with that 2019 group that hasn't panned out. The five-star group. Yeah, it yeah. hasn't panned out. Well, to me, that's where it gets interesting because, you know, and I, I want to give Neil Ken some credit because he kind of broke it down on the board. And I, you know, it's one of those things like we watch it every day, but I'm so in it day to day that I think sometimes I don't, you, you kind of miss the forest for the trees. There have been a lot of busts amongst yep. Oklahoma's elite-level recruits. I mean, you look at Marvin Mims. Okay, looks like he's got a future star there. Uh, Jaden Hazelwood, I think we all agree. If Jaden Hazelwood can just be healthy, he's going to be a very, very good player. Um, but Theo Weiss, uh, you know, two years in, just kind of looks like a guy so far. Doesn't look like the dominant player we thought he might be. Trajan Bridges, obviously that's not on Dennis Simmons, but, you know, it, it's it, it's going to get used against Oklahoma. Like, oh, look at these five stars that haven't done anything. So you're going to get some of that. Um, it's so hard because Talon Shetron has nothing to do with Dennis Simmons. This situation is completely beyond Oklahoma's control short of offering Tabry, which, like I said, you can't on one hand be like, well, we need to compete for national titles, and then on the other hand be like, weaken your roster. make make, Don't go recruit the best players. Recruit the guys who are going to help you sign other guys. That, that's, that's how you get a softer roster. It just is. You have to get the best possible players at each of your 85 spots. Like that, That's just... That's bottom line. You don't see Alabama, and I'm not saying Oklahoma recruits like Alabama, but if you want to get there, Alabama doesn't do that shit. They're not catering to anybody. If you want to come, come. If you don't, don't. Like There's no middle ground on that stuff. Now, talent is hard because that's in-state, and it, it seems like a big loss, and obviously to lose him to Oklahoma State. But this is so incredibly comparable to the Tylen Wallace situation. How many times did Tylen Wallace beat Oklahoma? As good as he was, as great as I mean, the incredible game he had Norman a couple of years ago. A wide receiver is not going to make or break either one of these two programs. Well, I'll say, it, I'll it, say it's this: it's just not going to happen. Tylen Wells didn't beat Oklahoma, but Oklahoma had a Marquise Brown and a C.D. Lamb on the other side of sure. the ball, which it should be noted that they don't get a Marquise Brown without a decommitment from Jalen Rager, right? Yep. yep. Yeah, that's accurate. Who went so, to a lesser program to play with a buddy? It all kind of is, I guess, cyclical in a way. But obviously, I mean, this is not a good day for Oklahoma, just as far as 
losing an in-state Rivals 100 guy. And, you know, we come out with the uh, – Josh, you come out with the center state rankings today. And as you look at it now, like, the question could be asked, will OU go 0 for 5 on the top five players in the 2022 class, which is, you know, a pretty good group. And there's uh, still a long I mean, way to go. I, I realize sure. that. Sure. Sure. I mean, it, it's well, absolutely and, possible. And let me throw this I out there. I don't think so. Let me throw this out there because you brought this up and I wanted to expound on it uh, about Luke has. And, uh, I mean, like, I was I was out at camp. I was talking to people. And, and I got the impression, like, I, I was like, well, well, you know, how high up is, is – and is the Swedish guy, is he the same class as has? Yes. Yeah, yeah. he is, right? They're both 23. And, yep. and great house. And, like, you, you know, awesome. people want to talk about, oh, oh, he doesn't give the in-state kids respect. Like, the impression I got, Josh, you can tell me I'm wrong. If they get Hess, that's it, the number one guy on their list that they want to get. Like the like the Swede, like you know, as much potential as he might have, like they'll just be like, okay, well, we got who we wanted, so we don't need that guy now. Oh, absolutely. You know, guys, it, I mean, Oklahoma wants to land the elite guys from their regions. If that is, you know, um, Oklahoma, that guy's going to take priority over a guy from New Jersey. Because there's a better chance they're going to stay in Oklahoma the next year and lay in that guy. That's why Gentry Williams is incredibly important. You want to have a good relationship at Booker T. That's why, you know, uh, like I said, Talon Shetron was important. Yeah, like you are going to go back to those places and recruit. Next place, Texas. You want to go be able to have a good relationship in Texas. So if you have a good shot at a, a great player from, you know, like I said, Dallas and a great shot at a player from, let's say, Seattle – you want Dallas, like because the odds are you're going to go back to that same school, that same city, and recruit again. Seattle, that's probably a one-off. Like that, that's just not going to be a place you build the bedrock of your program. So yeah, there, there's absolutely going to be that hierarchy. And while the kid from Sweden looked awesome, I mean, there's just no doubt that dude looks like a player. He's, I mean, is Oklahoma going to build a you know a, a pipeline to Sweden? It's pretty unlikely. So, you know, like I said, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens. But I, it's people are, somebody said on the board that, like, it seems like if there's any news this week, it's been bad. Man, it's cyclical. It comes and goes. I promise in the next two or three weeks, OU fans are going to have things to be excited about. It's just a rough run right now. And really, when you look at a rough run, they lost Talon Chetron. That, that's the whole, that's the entire run. And again, if you could sit here and say, Man, Oklahoma screwed something up here. What what did they what could they have done? Sure. This is again I, I I've talked and I've talked to the family this morning. Um th- they acknowledge like Talon, once he committed, he cut everybody off. He loved Casey Dunn at Oklahoma State, really had a good relationship with him. They they cut all ties off. They never thought this was going to happen. So the idea of Talon and Tabry playing together was never entertained. And then he went up to the Oklahoma State camp, Tabry. Played pretty well from what I'm told. And I'm sure if if Talon's not part of the equation, who knows? Who knows what happens? But I think it's a great play by Mike Gundy. For them, it makes all the sense in the world. Like, I, I, I get it. I think it's smart. It's the way you need to recruit because they can afford to take the chance on Tabry because Talon is a difference-making recruit for them. Oklahoma, they're going to be okay. Either way, they're, they're going to be fine. People... Uh, you know, Oklahoma has got rivals 100 guys that they've dropped that they now get to get back in on. Now, does it does that does that work out? I, I I'm not loving the odds on most of those guys. I think Andre Green is an interesting possibility who's already visited in June. But by and large, 
they're gonna have to they're gonna have to beat the bushes and maybe find a couple of guys. But people forget that's the same kind of conversation with what happened with Marvin Mims. Marvin Mims was not part of OU's class and had no sign of being at this point in his class. Like it's wide receiver. There are a lot of players Oklahoma can win a national championship with that they can go get right now. Like it's not that urgent. And not to mention that the guy that's going to probably be doing a lot of the uh, recruiting when it comes to uh, getting those wide receivers to campus is probably going to be the guy that has been the most dynamic high school recruiter as far as come and joining my class and Caleb Williams. I mean, I, I just, I don't think that there should be a little, of course there's going to be overreaction, but, and obviously saying that they're going to go 0 for 5 in the top five players is a little dramatic on my part. I mean, you still got Gentry Williams, still got Jacob Sexton out there who will be making an announcement coming on, I believe Saturday. Uh, and then, you know, obviously they have Jaden Rowe in, in, uh, in the class already. Chris McClellan's out there. We'll see what happens. And Deshaun Brown, we'll see what happens with his, uh, you know, if he even gets an offer. And I think that maybe it's progressing in that, in that way, but we'll get to that when we get to the camp section. Josh, I guess the one question I have, it feels like, OU makes adjustments. You know, it used to be they went in January to try to get their class. They learned they had to do it early. And then they learned after a decommit to not get butt hurt about it and, and and stick with it. Is this going to be the thing that leads to them to stop saying we're full at a position so guys like Brendan Thompson and Evan Stewart don't back away so that if like you just take them all and you just see how it all shakes out? You would really hope that is what they take away from this because if you want to fault OU for anything, it's the cutting ties with everybody. Like, stop doing that. Just stop it. Because if you're going to get these commitments from these elite guys this early on, it there's there's a there's just an inherent risk in that. Like, it's absolutely there. You have to acknowledge it because I you know I I had seen and I need to go back and check it but there've been some stats thrown around that like OU averages 4 or 5 decommitments a year and I know everybody's going to be like oh that's crazy it's because you follow OU Alabama Clemson they go through the same shit they do like it, it they just it's part of the game when you commit this early and in this era of recruiting guys are going to decommit and I think we've said all along guys we've been saying for months that this was going to be a crazy summer it was stuff was just going to happen real fast and real rapidly, and you were going to have to kind of think on your feet, and that's what you're seeing here. Like the, the, these things, there is nobody even a week ago, for, forget two months ago, that could have come up with a scenario that Talon Chetron was an Oklahoma State commitment. Like th- that was not going to happen. There was no way that made sense to anyone, including members of his family and Talon himself. Talon acknowledged it in the commitment post that they never thought they were going to play together. So, like, th- this was just not going to come up, and it did. And and that's the way that breaks. Jordan Hudson, that's a little bit of a tough break, and I think that is more of a shining example of why you don't cut ties. You don't cut ties with Evan Stewart. You don't cut ties with Brennan Thompson. You cannot do those things because there is just too much variab- variability in what these guys are going to do. They, 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 they move around. Everything is so fluid if you've cut ties, it's really hard to get back in that race. And I will give credit. I think with Andre Green, OU did learn that lesson to some degree because I think they wanted Andre Green so much that they were like, ah, we don't really want to shut that door yet. We want to see if maybe there's going to be a scholarship open up. So they've kind of kept that door open. 
But you just need to do that perpetually. Just, you know what? Obviously, you focus on your commitments. You make sure those guys are happy. But you're having your weekly conversations with with Brennan Thompson, with Andre Green. You're keeping that door open in case you ever need to walk back through it. Well, I, you know, I, I think you go every year. And, and, and look, maybe this is... I think we all knew once visits were going to happen again, it wasn't going to be as easy as it was a year ago. Uh, whereas, you know, like, I always I always kind of thought, like, wow, are they really going to keep Mario Williams this whole time? And, and he just stayed with it. Uh, and it's kind of like how I think a lot of people have felt about Relique Brown. Uh, but, you know, the more you hear him talk, the more it sounds like he's still really solid with Oklahoma. Uh, I know you reported on that some, Josh, but... Um, you, it's weird because like, you know, you get in this situation where people are like, well, you, the in-state kid should matter, but then the in-state kid does this to you. So, I mean, what's, who's really beholden to who? I mean, when you get screwed over by an in-state kid who's, who's, you've had committed for a long time, it's just like, it's just, it's just weird. It's just, it, weirdness can happen on both sides. I, I've said this for a long time. These people that beat the drum about, oh, you've got to got to love in-state recruits and got to do all that stuff. Why? Why is if, if there's no return of that, and there's probably few states in the country, I mean, name one. Name a top five, top ten program who has to battle as long and as hard for in-state recruits as Oklahoma does. It, it doesn't exist. Ohio State is, I mean, they've got multiple three, you know, high-level Rivals 100 slash five-star guys and those guys are committed by like the middle of their junior year. And OU sitting here like the middle of their senior year still battling it out at positions where, you know, like, okay, Gentry Williams is a good example. OU doesn't have a lot of track record at cornerback. I understand him going through it a little bit. But you're talking about positions where, oh, I mean, Talon would have been a perfect example to the opposite. He committed early. OU's got a ton of wide receivers in the NFL. It makes all sense in the world. But now you come back around. And again, I don't even fault Talon. Like, I understand what his thinking is. Um, you know, I, I get why people wouldn't agree with that. But at the same time, I, I get it. It's his family. He wants to play with his brother. That's okay. I got, there's no shame in that. But there, it's just like, well, you got to recruit in Texas. No, you don't. You go wherever the best talent you can land is. I don't care where it's from. If, if, if you can land all 25 from Sweden and they're going to lead you a national championship, who gives a shit? Like, what, what are we talking about here? I, I never understand this idea that you have to do this or you have to do that. That's where you get yourself in trouble. That's, that's what ran Mac Brown out of Texas. Because, oh, we got to recruit Texas guys and we want early commitments and we want to have our class locked away. Blah, blah. Well, you got a bunch of horseshit players for it. Like, you, you were signing Don't guys that would commit. Don't slander Mac Brown, okay? I will not have it. I won't have it. I, 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 Matt Brown's suck, a monstrously man. good They're recruiter, but they yeah, sucked I'm, ever since. Like, why rip on his, t- you know, his his uh, philosophy? Well, I mean, he won a national title. That, no, that wasn't his philosophy. And then, as you, I mean, it's kind of like no, what saying, you saw from Jackie Ship. No, I, I I know what you're saying. What I'm saying yeah. is, I mean, what he did, uh, you know, I mean, we all sat and was like, but you know, he got burnt by out-of-state guys all the time and that's kind of why he he kind of went you know kind of bunkered in texas too i mean who's the running back from colorado that was the crazy story that jason sukamel got locked oh, out of the Scott. espn zone mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i you know uh, no and, and like i said i'm not mac 
when it worked, it was great. But it got to the point where they were just recruiting whoever they could land. Like, oh, that that kid's a we like him pretty well. We'll take him instead of the stud that wants to wait three months to yeah. commit. Yeah, man, like that. Like you can do that every once in a while. That's okay. But if that's what you're building your classes around, you're, you're going to end up with eight and four seasons, which is where he got. And well, when the Shipleys became their best skilled talent, I mean that was kind of an, an issue. Uh, is it racist? No, I'm just yeah, saying. I mean, I mean, did they have no, great no, careers no, in the NFL? I mean, you're a white guy. So Nobody's I, mean, like, Rex I don't Burkhead, think it is. I mean, but <laughs> yeah, they're no, <laughs> no, Rex, no. Rex Burkhead. Nobody's sure. Rex Burkhead. Carries. This is a theme. The Burkhead hate. The Shipley hate. Go ahead, back on Wes Walker. At, you know, while you're at it, Carrie, just you know, go with some self hate. Shit, they had no Lima Swedes. Better Swedes stay away by from Drake Stoops, motherfucker. You better <laughs> stay away. <laughs> uh, I, I would have to go look at some of those rosters. Uh, I mean, I could find some terrible black guys. I'm sure. Pause. <laughs> Out of context. That won't get cut. No, there's no need to. I'm not afraid of what I said. No, no. I mean, someone like just going to blast on Twitter. Here's Kerry Murdoch saying I can find some terrible black guys. <laughs> exactly. Do your worst. Just go to Pennsylvania. Bill Cosby's walking the streets now. That's wild. He's out of prison. I didn't know this. That it happened like yeah. They like turned over his like sentence or something. I have no idea. Saw that on the way down here. The first prosecutor said he wouldn't charge him or something like that from back in the day. He wouldn't be charged for the crime. I'd be, I told some people earlier, I would be really, really upset if I had a bunch of money on him in a death pool today. I would have to think getting out of prison extends your life at least two, three months. Or somebody's son goes and kills him. Well, I guess maybe it could go down then. A little murder for hire. Interesting. All right, uh, Josh, uh, there, there's a lot of announcements. I mean, this is what's been interesting to me, and I think just from a, a, you know, a busyness and a business standpoint, is the dead period starts, but it's almost like a signal for a lot of kids that have kind of seen what they wanted to see uh, to go ahead and make their announcements now. And, I mean, that's... Uh, someone it, it tweeted at me this morning saying... Uh, it was about the Mike Gundy thing not appearing in the Mike Holder uh, salute video or whatever, uh, and and they were like Mike Gundy was out on the recruiting trail. I was like, they it was a quiet period. They can't be out on the recruiting trail. Uh, but it's like, you know, people are starting to ask me like, well, what's gonna what happens now that it's a dead period? And I was like, well, now kids feel you know that they've done what they needed to do. They're not being bothered by coaches. And they feel comfortable just going ahead and making decisions. It's like the quiet after the storm. June was like the, the storm of commitments. Yeah. And now everybody yep. kind of gets their chance. You get to take a, a breath, absorb all the visits, information. And if you're scared about COVID changing things in August and September and beyond, you're ready to make your call. So, Josh, maybe kind of highlight some of the big decisions that are out there that, that OU fans should be interested in. Yeah, you know, like I said a few minutes ago, when everybody's like, oh, it just feels so negative right now. Man, it's one decision. I promise this month will be better for Oklahoma than bad. Like, it'll, it, they'll be more good than bad. There, there's no doubt about it to me. Um, you start off July 2nd. Uh, Cole Hudson 
We're trying to narrow down exactly what that is, but cold does not strike me as the I'm teasing to announce a, you know, I'm going to play in an all-star game, and I'm going to call that my commitment just to mess with everybody, as uh, Harold Perkins did Harold Perkins. Uh, yesterday. <laughs> uh, so I don't think Cole's just not that. I mean, again, I've said forever, he is a Bill Biedenboe kind of guy. If you want to, you think Bill Biedenboe is about playing games on Twitter, like that, I, I just don't believe that's what Cole's going to do. So I, I'm guessing he's taken his trips. He's seen A&M. He's seen OU. He's seen Texas. I believe he took an unofficial to Alabama. So he's been around to a lot of the places that that were in play here. So I, I think you're going to see a choice. Um, if I'm betting, I'd probably bet on Texas in that race, but it's close. I mean, he he really he's a guy. He's one of those rare guys that you know if it is just a few days out that you don't have a rock solid feel on. Like he he really, um, I think there is still some ambiguity there. Uh, the next would obviously be Jacob Sexton. Put a gun to your head. You got to make a forecast. Where would you make it to? I'd make it to Texas. I, I, I think that's that's the bet. That's what makes sense. He's got some connection there. Um, he's mentioned. I feel like very early in his recruitment, there was a feeling maybe that Oklahoma was a little bit unique to him. But as time has gone on, it's felt like every time he went to Texas, it was just treated a little bit differently than Oklahoma, like not a lot. Like I said, it could be absolutely me reading too much into it, but just my gut feel tells me Texas is is probably going to be the answer. Um, You you know, to move to the next, you've got Jacob Sexton literally the next day on July 3rd uh, has set his announcement date, I think it's 6.30 if if I remember right, Bob, um, Mm -hmm. on uh, I guess it would be Saturday night. So I I think that's going to go well for Oklahoma. You're already seeing (laughs) – some of the um, the A and M experts, um, you know, they they didn't really want to recruit him. They just brought him for an unofficial visit last weekend, but weren't sure about it. Like you're starting to see some of that chatter, um, which is usually a pretty good sign of that flag being waved. I've read that Texas is kind of acting similarly, which kind of tells you what it's. I mean, it's there, a great sign so that we're in options. the middle of summer, isn't it? Yes. It, it is the we're not really involved here. Um, now on the flip, you know they decided to move s- in another direction. Yeah, I'm going to sit here and sound really hypocritical because you've got Cam Williams, Cameron Williams. who is yep. who. Uh, so OU has leaving, decided to move in another direction. With Cam leaving the Champu Barbecue, I thought Oklahoma led. I expected them to get a commitment. I I I have since changed my forecast to Texas. And I, I'm that my understanding is that several guys over the course of that weekend and maybe a little beyond gave a pretty strong indication that they're it, that they're coming to Oklahoma. They they just wanted to wait until they got home, talked over the parents, made an announcement. Um, I think at that point Oklahoma had to make some decisions, and I think. Cam Williams probably just got on the outside looking at it. It's not that they didn't want him. It's not that they didn't like him. I think some people just beat him to the punch. Um, so that I, I that, think ladies it's going to be Texas. Is how it's done, right? There. Yeah, <laughs> that's how. Do you see the little narrow gap I walked through there? Like I created it for myself. I walked through it. I'm going to close the door when I'm when I'm done. So well, that, um, that's also that's what we talked about for the barbecue. Mm-hmm. You have six, seven linemen coming in. Everyone's going to know the score coming out of it. Like you're yep. going to know where and you see, stand, and OU's going to know where it stands. And see, here's the thing: 
at this point, Josh is full of shit because he said there's going to be more bad than good, and we're tied right now. Actually, well, actually, we're not even tied because one kid's going to Texas, one kid got dropped, so it's all bad. Well, except for well, maybe I mean, Jacob Sexton. Yeah, so I, it's I like where they are. One Jacob to Sexton. two, essentially, by my um, my score. So where's the other good news, <laughs> asshole? Two uh, two other guys I'm watching, and they they haven't put out dates. Uh, but when I spoke to Jake Taylor right after the barbecue, he had kind of said like July fourth, you know, kind of in that ballpark. I may have something. And it, he was kind of unclear on if that meant he was going to make an announcement or if that meant he was going to kind of mull it over, like, you know, take a week off, sit down, you know, and then go over it with his parents. Because I know he had talked about making this lengthy pros and cons list of each school uh, between Notre Dame, Oklahoma, and Alabama. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, the, the carry check-in here, uh, big offensive lineman, four-star kid from Bishop Gorman, uh, same school where – you know, Oklahoma landed DeMarco Murray, Ryan Reynolds. Used to be a real pipeline for Oklahoma, and you can tell they're they're trying to get that going again because it's With it's DeMarco. one of the most talent rich programs in the country. Yep, yep. So, um, you know, there is. Um, I, I really like where OU is with him. Uh, I, I think um, he's one of those guys you came out of Champion Barbecue feeling pretty good about. Um, he again has not set a date. What I do find interesting, and you know, it kind of ties back to the Cole Hudson conversation. Cole Hudson, if he goes on July second, Jacob Sexton on July third, and if Jake Taylor, like I said, is hinting that July fourth would be his date, that's interesting. I'm not saying it's anything certain, but it's interesting because you know there is connection. Jacob and Cole, I know, know each other. You know, I'm not saying well, but they know each other, and obviously, Jake and Cole were there on the same weekend in Norman. So that's that's like I said, just something to file away. Kind of interesting. And Cam, uh, the other hey, guy. Going oh, go first. ahead. Yes, yes. I mean, <laughs> that I hadn't even days. put that together. So way to go, Bob. You ruined the whole thing. Now it's it's all off. But um, no. Uh, the other guy I would say I'm watching pretty closely over the next week is Caden Helms, the uh, tight end from Bellevue, Nebraska. Uh, went when he left Oklahoma, I, I felt really confident. I've said this for a few weeks. I kind of thought he might commit while he was at the barbecue. Went to North Carolina last weekend. From everything I understand, that visit went really well. I think there's no question North Carolina gave him some things to think about. I just I struggle to believe he's going to have made up the ground. Uh, he he visited Oklahoma a couple times in the matter of a couple months. He was at the spring game, came right back, you know, for um for the champion barbecue. So he's been to Norman several times, especially. Uh, and a two seems so small, but when you consider how many times most guys have made any visits right now, that's that's a pretty big number. So um, I, I like where OU is. I I think he he told me after the barbecue he's going to take the North Carolina visit, and then he kind of thought he was done, and maybe in July he'd he'd have something. So I think we're close on them. And uh, Kerry, you know, you talk about the scorecard. It depends how far you want to go out. We've got Trayon Webb on July 17th, <laughs> Malachi Nelson on July 18th. If Malachi goes the way everybody thinks it's going to be, it feels like Makai Lemon immediately becomes a ticking clock. Um, so there are uh, Brandon Ennis is also kind of like we don't know what's going on there. Um, there is some feel that he and you know due to his very close relationship with Trayon Webb, if Oklahoma can close Webb, may, maybe maybe Ennis isn't too far behind. So. That would start moving into 2023. Uh, you know, we've mentioned Luke Haas. There's a lot of rumor around, they, you know, around that he has 
you know, given OU a pretty strong indication of what he's thinking. So that it, it could July could be a seven, eight commitment month. Like that that wouldn't shock me at all. Like I, I think Oklahoma could be very, very busy and have a lot of good news. And you know, they're gonna lose on a few guys too, but you also get a clearer picture of you know, okay, they've got to focus here. They've got to get this guy. Chris McClellan may end up at Ohio State this month. Could be any day from what I've heard. So the longer Chris McClellan goes without making a decision, though, the better it is for Oklahoma. Ohio State is really, really turning up the heat on him, trying to get him on board because they know, just like I'm saying, every day it gets farther from his official visit, the light kind of wanes on that decision. So the longer they can push the, you know, Oklahoma can kind of extend him and extend him. It, it gets better. Like the, the, their chances just go up dramatically. Yeah. I'll, I, I'll, I'll stick with defense. Uh, Austin Jordan. He's seen all, all three schools now. And this last month, you think, you think he's ready to make his call? God, he's gotta be right. Like I, at, right. at this now I will I will fully own Billy Bowman was a kid that talked to me all the time. Austin Jordan is a kid I have very little read on, and he's one of those guys that even when he does talk to you, you know he's messing around, and so you're like I don't know, I can't take any of this seriously. Like he he may tell me like North Texas is really really making a run at me. Like I mean that's that's the kind of I mean it's not bad, it's funny. Like he he's just a goofy kind of dude. So and I, I think he likes people not knowing what he's thinking. But the, uh, the belief, I mean, amongst Ohio State sources, Texas sources, Oklahoma sources, has been that it's OU for a long time now. Um, at some point, though, you know, we talk about this, kind of like what I was just saying about Chris McClellan. The longer that goes on and nothing actually happens, it, you know, it, it's kind of one of those deals where you start wondering, like, well, is it going to? Like, is there a reason this isn't coming off? And... You know, you don't know because, like I said, he, you can't ever get a straight answer out of him. But it feels to me like if maybe he's not on board by you know the end of July, maybe you start to say, okay, we need to we need to turn our focus in some other directions. You know, and not that OU's not recruiting a lot of DBs; they've got a lot of focus. Miles Pollard is a guy that I know OU's right there in the thick of things for. So there's there's a lot of places, and to me, I mean, and I'll wrap this up, but. To me, one of the interesting things at DB is how how much connection there is between one player and the next. People are like, well, who's OU recruiting at safety? Well, okay, it, it could be Jaden Rowe, but if they land this guy, Jaden Rowe might get shifted down to nickel. If they land this guy, Jaden Rowe's definitely a safety. That guy's going to be a corner. There's just a lot of moving parts that I think Oklahoma just says, we want to go get Probably, you know, a couple of true corners. Gentry Williams, Austin Jordan, I think they'd feel pretty good about that. And then from there, it's kind of mix-mash. Like, what do you want to do? Okay, Miles Pollard and Jaden Rowe. Okay, if that's your class of safeties, okay, that's your safeties. But if you land this guy, well, okay, my, you know, like I just said, Austin Jordan, or excuse me, Austin Jordan, uh, Jaden Rowe moves down and goes to a different role. So there's a lot of movement in that secondary. They can go in a lot of different directions. Does... I, and I, you might have already hit on this just as far as like, I, I think amongst the fan base right now, there's a lot of discussion about how Oklahoma goes about recruiting the Oklahoma kid. And I know that it's been talked about probably too much at times, but now it becomes relevant because of the situation uh, in front of us as far as the Shetrons go. Any lasting impressions on the way that they go about doing things? And then you add in the Chris McClellan 
situation, I guess. Do you mean just like in state, like yes. how they're kind of handling? Yeah, uh, you know, it's tough. I, I like I yeah. can see both sides of it. I can, but then again, at the same time, it's like you don't necessarily want to turn your back on him because I do think like, and as we've talked about, twenty twenty three and twenty twenty four look at fantastic in the state of Oklahoma. They do. That this is, that, you know, and that's it's a conversation that part. you can go round and round about. I realize that. Yeah. I think 2022 through 2024 might have a chance to be one of the better three-year runs I've ever seen. Like There are a lot of good players. 2022, I, I think, is the best class the state's put out since 2006. The the McCoy, Gresham, Bradford, Dominique Franks, uh, that, that whole group. So, um, you know, I, I think there is um, – when you look at how you want to handle people like, well – Maybe, you know, and I, we had somebody bring it up on the board, and I think he actually wanted us to talk about this a little bit on the pod, was what do you, you know, you got to stop with this, oh, we're, we're not going to make non-committable offers in state. I just don't think you can do that. It's kind of like what I was just talking about earlier. You, you have to take care of your base. You can do it a little bit in Texas. You can get away with it a little bit because there's so many guys in the state of Texas. Oklahoma... You're not – I mean, this is a crazy year in Oklahoma, and they've got, I think, six offers out right now. Seven. Seven with Robert Spears Jennings. So, like, the, you're just not going to go that nuts. And if you alienate one or two of those guys, like, you you make it weird at Tulsa Union. You make it weird at Jinx or Booker T or any of these schools that you consistently need to have a good relationship with. They don't forget, man. They're, you're the school they're watching. That, that you're the one they want to they want to say our guys get offered here you know our guys get attention from Oklahoma or Oklahoma's through here every year they don't want to be embarrassed and have the guy oh yeah our guy got jerked around by by that staff like that that's hard to overcome because like we always talk about Tennessee can come in state and do that because nobody cares like it's not a big deal and, and it's not a shot at Tennessee Tennessee can't do it in their state like you you have to be really careful but the where it's different from, like, you know, people say, well, Texas will make non-committable offers in Texas. Yeah, they will. But they're going to make 60 offers in the state of Texas. Like, it's not the same thing. So th- there's not a, as bright a light. Everybody understands they can't take all five running backs they offered in the state of Texas. It's first come, first serve. Oklahoma doesn't live like that. So th- they've got to – you have to be really careful. And I don't think you want to do that. I just don't think – that's a line you want to push of we're going to, you know, kind of be mealy-mouthed about it. Now, if you want to come out and say this is an offer, you can tweet it. You know, we talked about this on pods before, but you can't commit. You, you've got to be up front about it if that's sure. what you're doing. That's the only way you can get away with it is if it's honest and you let the kid know and go that way with it. That, that I think, is a survivable tactic. But to be, yeah, you've got an offer, and then a day later he turns around like, I want to commit, coach. Ah, that that won't work. You're gonna piss people off, and you're gonna alienate, and it's that's hard to do. It's hard, it's hard to recruit well when your own home state is a, it's somewhere you've got battle scars. So then, how how tough is that to navigate when if you're Chris McClellan or Deshaun Brown, and you've got all these Power Five offers, and you feel like OU has slighted you, like. How how do you communicate that to the kids and let them know it's not a sign of disrespect that we weren't one of your first offers? Well, you know, 
with McClellan, I struggle a little bit with it because I I feel like when I talk to Chris, he acknowledges he made a big jump from basically when he left Edison to when people started seeing him when he was an Owasso guy. He got in the weight room, started changing his body. He looks like a different dude. I mean, guys, we all saw him at Rivals Camp, and you're like, "Holy crap, Chris looks great!" Yeah, that was a I mean, meteoric rise. I don't, yeah. I don't know if we've seen there. I don't know if we've seen something comparable to the way that he just kind of came out of. Like, I remember you talking about him at Edison. And it was like, "Yeah, this guy might be a somebody." And then we saw him at the Rivals Camp, or was it the UA Camp first? And it was like, "Holy shit, where'd this guy come from?" Uh, you know, I mean, guys, and it was that way. I mean. You, we've, we've been around Chris for three years now. When he walked in, there was definitely like, like our, our national guys like, that's McClellan, right? And I'm like, yeah, that's McClellan. They're like, holy crap. Two years ago, nobody thought that about Chris McClellan. He came to camp and you're like, oh, he's a good looking dude, you know, but no big deal. Like he was just a guy. But, you know, we talked about it coming right out of that camp. When you saw him next to Nico, the, the kid from Arkansas that just committed to the Razorbacks, there was no comparison physically. It wasn't even close. And so I think there, it's disingenuous to act like, well, we don't see, you know, like, oh, you should have known. No, no. And if, if Chris feels that way, I, I don't feel like he's being honest with the things he says otherwise. He, he's acknowledged, like, Owasso's meant a lot to me. It's really changed a lot about me. And I know it's a lot to say in six months, but there's just no question. He, he's made some changes for the better. And, you know, when you look at it, I mean, people are like, well, he's going to commit to Ohio State. It's like the Josh Jacobs thing. Oh, you offered him before Ohio State did. Like, and I get that, you, well, he's an Oklahoma kid. They should have. Okay, fine. That, that's fine. But you can't hold it against Oklahoma and then say, well, Ohio State was in on him early. No, it doesn't work like that. Um, Florida is the one major program because, you know, yep. they can say they were there before anybody else. Okay, great. If, if, that's, if that's your barometer, then fine. If that was Josh Jacobs' barometer, he should have went to Missouri. Like, I mean, not that Missouri's on that same level, but, I mean, if you're talking about Power 5, you know, major conference programs, Missouri should have been where he went. So it's one of those things where people kind of create these narratives, and it's not realistic. It's just not honest with the situation. And I think it's more complicated because, guys, we all know if OU could have gone up to Owasso in February and seen Chris – he probably has an offer way back in February, but they couldn't see him. And the last time they had seen him, he showed up and he was an Edison guy. And I, guys, we can talk about him changing his body. I think he grew a little bit too. Like I had it in my, I remember Chris being like six two, six two and a half, and then he shows up to rivals and you're like, he's six four. He looks a lot different. He's bigger. He's longer. It all looks better. So I think that's part of it too. Is that he kind of hit a growth spurt and went from a you know, regional prospect to, oh, crap, he's a national guy. And, again, Florida can take that chance because he's not going to commit to Florida on the spot. Ohio State could take that chance. He's not going to commit on the spot. Oklahoma, they've got to know if they offered him in February, there's a good chance he was going to jump on that. So, again, you, you've got to log Herm Edwards didn't offer him first. <laughs> well, I mean, Herm Edwards would have brought him in for a visit. That's what I'm saying. Um, I'm surprised he didn't yeah, go on a visit. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, but, you know, and, and people always try to do this in a vacuum. Okay, so say you take Chris McClellan in February. Well, then do you have a spot for Jure Bledsoe? Do you have a spot for Gabe Dindy or Amari Abor? Like, 
Well, here, if I'd I mean, have told people is... in February, you're going to lose those guys because you went after Chris McClellan, people would have burned the house down. They would have acted like it was insane, and now it's like, well, you should have seen that coming. No, hindsight, you can't recruit in hindsight. It doesn't work like that. No, and that's the problem is, look, I think everyone wants, wants to be able to take, you know, predict the future, and it's impossible. It's like, the, I, from my perspective, my my perspective, the OU coaches are trying to do it the right way, just like they tried to do it with going back to like Jace McClellan. Like they are trying to uh, get the players to commit, and when they do, they're trying to be respectful of the other players that they're committing and saying, "Look, we've got our guy. We don't want to you know play games with you. We want you to go ahead and take care of your you know commitment uh, and and get the schools look at the schools." that you have an opportunity to go to because you don't have an opportunity to go here anymore. Just like you don't want to offer a guy and not have it be a real offer for all the reasons that you said. So OU is, you can, you can criticize it by saying, well, they're trying to operate in a vacuum, but I don't know that there's another way to operate. Yes. You have to trust these kids that when they make the decision that they're going to stick to it. And inevitably that never happens because they're kids. Uh, but at the same time, I, I admire the fact that this staff isn't playing games, that they're not uh, you know, trying to serve two masters, that they're, they're being up front, as up front as you can be. The problem comes is when they get screwed, fans come back and say, well, you should have seen that coming. You should have planned ahead for that. There's really no way to plan ahead for a kid a week from signing day deciding to switch schools on you. Oh, yeah. Guys, I, I'm a big history guy, and they always talk about what's the toughest part like for a, for a history person. To like, or like, why is it so tough for us to understand history sometimes? And they're like, it's because you know everything. You know what happened. So it's easy to look back and be like, well, you should have navigated here. You should, you know, Germany shouldn't have gone to Russia. Like, you know, whatever it may be, like, there's always a reason for it. Like, well, we know this, so you shouldn't have done that. You can't know that in real time. Like you can't know these things, and for Oklahoma, for people to act like Oklahoma should have seen this coming with Talon Shetron, that's insane. There's no way that the again the family who has more reason to believe in Tabry than anybody else on the planet, they didn't think this was going to happen. They didn't think this was possible. So for OU to have expected this, it's it's, it's just not realistic. Chris McClellan, I I understand that. Like that one. I can see the other side a little better. Like I, I can see the argument for what you're saying, but at the same time, it's not it's not a hill you're going to die on because it doesn't make sense. It's not that clear cut. Um, the, there are in-state guys where I'm like, I don't I don't know what OU was doing there. I, I don't know why they handled this the way they did. Um, you know, there are questions you can ask. I you know, Justice Hill is a beautiful example. Now I'm not even that, and that's hindsight. That's hindsight 100%. At the time, I thought, oh, you made the right choice. Looking back, okay, I can see it. I can see where people felt like that went wrong and where, where they didn't handle that very well. Josh Proctor, another outstanding example where, oh, you just went to sleep. Uh, you know, Cam Curl. I mean, uh, there are examples where, ab- oh, you absolutely handled it wrong. In this situation, and these two we're talking about, I don't see that. I just, I, I don't think that's. I don't think that's the question. I don't, you know, and I know, and I think right now it's just been, 
it's getting magnified because Gentry Williams, uh, it's all kind of happened. Gentry Williams went to USC. Well, now he, he, he's really high on USC. G- give that time. G- just, just be patient with me. I promise. I don't promise. Hmm. There is no reason to think OU is out of this race. Like, I, if you made me bet today, still picking Oklahoma. And I, I don't have a lot of concern about that choice. I, I think given time, it will be fine. Jacob Sexton, I really like where OU is there. Talon Chetron, what the hell can you do? It, it, it is what it is. Like, it was, you know, when, again, they acknowledged, like, I, he just wants to play with his brother. Like, unless OU's going to offer his brother, which I've covered, I think is a terrible decision. If they don't feel like he's a good enough player to help them be better, what are we doing here? Guys, we, we, we've talked about it for years when guys, OU has these, you know, we watch OU fans melt down. How is this guy on the roster? Because you did something you shouldn't have. You recruited a guy you shouldn't have, or you got into a situation you shouldn't have. Or you don't, took a guy that was of questionable character that other people ab- dropped. Absolutely. Like, don't. Just burnt certain people, defensive coordinators in the past. Yeah. You, you, you just can't do those things. Take Rest the in people peace. that you feel in the Don't. Don't. Rest in peace. Don't. R.I.P. <laughs> Eddie and I are just having a show on the side here. <laughs> Uh, um, well, yeah, this has been the Josh show so far. So. I think, I think, look, I think we can just, yeah, I don't know if you've, I think you've I don't know if you've helped people or if you're, they're really just trying to jump off of a Devon tower now. I don't know what more can be said about the Talon, Talon Shetron situation. I think it's been talked about, discussed, explained many times. I just, if people don't, I look, and I understand there are going to be people like, but why, but why? And you've, Explain why it happened, but people are still going to say, but why? Like, what? why didn't OU do this, or why didn't they do that? I mean, the only thing you can say is, why didn't they recruit his brother? That's the only, and you've explained why. And I, I, I completely support your expl- explanation. So, yeah. Uh, like I said, I mean, if you feel differently about Tabry, like if you, if you, you know, if you're one of the few people that has seen him play ball, because Tabry just didn't play as a sophomore, was injured, uh, and then really kind of came on late in the year for Santa Fe, hey, great, that's fine. But to me, that's the only way you justify that decision is if you think Tabry is better than everybody else thinks he is. Um, and then what will happen? Tabry will become an All-American, and Talon will be a guy that's just a guy. Guys, it's, they brought up on the board, and they're dead right. Do you remember the last time this happened to you? was the Foreman brothers. What, Armani sure. was committed. Yeah, they didn't yeah, want to offer him. Yeah. Deontay. Armonte, Armani does nothing. Yeah, the yeah. one that they didn't Texas. offer was good. Yeah, and he I, he he won the dope, didn't he? Did he win the Dope Walker Award that year? Uh, he could have those yard yard totals yes. were insane. Yeah, I want to say he, I, I'm I'm almost certain he did. I'm I'm looking it up. Hang on, but yeah, I mean, yeah, Dope Walker Award, consensus All American. You know, like whole he had a thing. hell of a year. And I mean, and really, I mean, like he had a few nice years before that, but that really came out of nowhere. Did Armani transfer before he was done? I don't believe so. <sighs> I don't okay. think I so. I think he the, just got buried. The depth oh my god! See, perfect example. Type in Armani Foreman to the Google machine. The subtitle: Deontay Foreman's brother. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you could say his dad. Uh, the man, his yeah. dad. <laughs> he was vocal. Ooh. Oh, yeah, his dad. I forgot he he had some episodes. Can you imagine, like, Bob and his dad over Twitter, like, like, like seeing what his dad was posting on, on Twitter about the team? 
I, that, that feels like that just goes all kinds of bad. I'm confused. Bob's dad on Twitter. Bob Stoops and Armani's dad. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, because we had our it, own. There will never be another uh, Bob Stoops showdown. Who was uh it was DeWan Miller's DeJuan dad. DeJuan Miller's dad, yeah. The night after yes. the Sugar Bowl. Was it Sugar Bowl? Yeah, no, it was the uh, Insight Bowl. Insight Bowl, because that's right. Because... Those were dark days, Dave were they not? Dave Sittler and I... <laughs> I had to show Dave Sittler what Twitter was, uh, and then uh, we were... I, I just... They, there was just like a stream of consciousness from... And his, his dad had a different name. I can't remember what it was. Uh, but DeJuan Miller's dad... Just had all these tweets, like stream of conscious, one after the other, and so I screenshotted it because I figured he's probably going to delete these, and I was showing it to Sittler, and Sittler didn't understand what it was. And like Sittler just takes my phone and shoves it right in Bob's face, and so you <laughs> oh had to sit God. there and see Bob's like visceral reaction to. I I don't even remember. He didn't. He he was composed. He I think he he just looked at. It, he's like, oh, that's unfortunate, or something like that. That kid will never play here again. Is the subtext in that conversation? <laughs> well, it's not like he played that much when he was here, even when he was on the field. Another one of those guys that had a real champion that just you're like you, you got to know when the guy. I mean, like Dewan was okay. I mean, he's he, you know, he wasn't like a terrible college player, but the people that were still like, if he just got his shot, he'd be Malcolm Kelly. Nope, nope. Nope, he's not. He, he's not that guy. Malcolm Kelly could actually catch a football when it came when it got there. Ooh, yeah, that's not good. Um, you know, I I think is there anything that really big we need to hit on recruiting and and I can touch on some nil stuff. Uh, camp, if we want. Oh yeah, 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 camp yeah, stuff yeah, was, yeah. Big mm-hmm. big in-state camp on Sunday. Talk yeah. about another in-state offer. The way they're handling David Stone, it, it seems that this it's so early. For, this is how you're supposed to do it, right? Right. For every Chris McClellan, there is a David Stone that we probably don't talk about enough as far as the way that they've done things, right? Oh, guys, that that's the thing that is so interesting to me that always goes undiscussed. OU was like the first offer for Stephen Parker. They were the first offer for Gentry Williams. They were the first offer for Dax Hill, the younger brother of Oklahoma State's running back. Like For Josh, Josh he, Proctor, they might have messed it up going down the road, but they got it right yeah, initially. Like, <laughs> people are always like, oh, they don't pay attention. No, when a dude's elite and they know it, OU wastes no time in state. They, they don't mess around at all about it. But, you know, and we, we can talk about Josh and Dax, and you can think about what position they played and – same era and you know things have changed since then um there there was there was some continuity to those problems needless to but back to david Stone. needless to say yeah sorry bad segue and i'll just prepare you for the edit he's gonna be fucking unbelievable that kid is it's hard to process that he's only going to be what a a, so, a sophomore going into sophomore. a, a yep. sophomore going into a sophomore season or a freshman going into a sophomore season whatever you want to call it when you see him Deshaun mm-hmm. Brown it was like they were a cut above the rest and then you're like but Brown is 2022 20, and Stone is 24 sure and it just gets you so excited about shit I his future is going to be I'd throw the uh Zadavian Sims kid in there as well when you told me he was yeah. 14 my jaw literally dropped to the floor and then you throw in a by Job that you know like 
kind of going in, that's probably not going to be a setting that he's going to dominate just because he's literally learning the game of football. But then you see him do some stuff, and it's like, okay. like this, The light might come on uh, sooner than later for by as far as progressing as a football player. I, and I, I wasn't there, so I don't want to take up too much of the segment, but I do want to say, talking to people about by, people are going to come out and say, oh, he didn't get an offer. He must not have been very good. That's not what happened. People just want to see him develop some more. Uh, it's it's there is a lot of interest. Guys that are that six five, two ten, and move like he does. Those dudes are rare. Like the o, OU is more than interested in what he becomes. They're they're going to be watching him very closely. And I I I still think an offer will happen. I don't know when. I, I think there'll be you know if you wanted to put a timeline on it. You might watch two or three games into the year when there's a little tape where they can really sit down and kind of evaluate what he's thinking or what he's doing. But I, I again, don't just because an offer didn't happen this camp, don't write off OU and by Job. Yeah, and if, when when you're there, it's pretty clear to see who those coaches are really trying to focus on or who they're really trying to get the best out of. I mean, Jamar Kane was talking with by constantly throughout the afternoon, just. You know, seeing what's going to make him tick, what's going to bring out the best in him. And Tibbs was the same way with David Stone, just have him play inside, outside, and just constantly pushing him. You know, you know, you offered this kid, he's supposed to be one of the best. You come to a camp like this, show it. You know, making sure he never got complacent and was just like happy to be there. You, it's I, I lost. I know the camp isn't what it used to be, and you're not going to get like six, seven offers, three, four commitments, but it's still intriguing just to sort of watch those coaches in their element now that they definitely have the chance to do this like one-on-one coaching too and just see how these kids respond to what these uh, you know top-tier coaches are trying to tell them to do. And I, I would just add too that credit to him for showing up and wanting to participate. Yep. I think that – uh, both of you guys, Bob and Josh, both kind of pointed this out on the board as far as the kid already has a offer. He didn't need to show up, and he still did. I think that says something about him. Yeah, he is – David, uh, again, I still remember uh, – not every guy I can say this about, but David's the kind of guy I remember the first time I saw him. I was out at that Dell City practice last summer because after the whole you know spring practice got screwed up by COVID – I had gone by to see Dell City because they had the Knigel Thomas. They, I mean, Dell City's just very talented right now. And this kid comes walking up, and I was like, oh, you know, th- that, that kid kind of I, – I was thinking he's like a sleeper guy, you know, maybe going to be a junior, that kind of thing. He goes, yeah, he's, he's here for his first day of practice. This, this guy, he's just going to be a freshman. You're like, holy crap. And he goes, if, he, if we can get him pointed in the right direction, he's going to be, you know, unbelievable. And you hear that sometimes. But then I – kind of went back and watched his first half of his season and you're like oh okay yep this is th- there was just no doubt i mean he, he's one of those guys that there was no doubt um that he was elite and you know what's funny is with the conversation we're having about ou and in-state offers and how early they do it and all those sort of things i, I as early as they offered david stone i i think they should have offered him months before they did like i mean like and i i don't i i've clearly taken ou's back in a few situations here but there was no reason to wait as long as they did. I mean, he clearly is a unique dude. He's not like one of those guys who are on tape. You're like, I'm not sure how big he is. No, he's fine. Like, you, you knew it watching him. And I, I get, I'm, again, I know why OU did what they did. They wanted to see him in person. They wanted to give him motivation to come to campus, all those things. But 
I mean, they they could have led the pack. We we kind of laughed about it and joked about it when we were at the Mustang team camp, but good luck against that Dell City front seven this year. They're <laughs> they're going to be ridiculous. Uh, uh, him, Jaden Foreman, uh, probably the least known but really good player in the states, Jason Smith, their Mike linebacker. He is a he if he was two tenths of a second faster, everybody in the country would be on him. He's a monster at Mike. Uh, can Nigel Thomas at corner? I mean, they, they've got five pretty legitimate D1 guys on their defense. I mean, it, it's it's nuts. And I guess that kind of brings us all the way back around to uh, Deshaun Brown. And, you know, Josh, I think that you've noted he's probably one of the uh, faster movers as far as rising his stock here over the last, you know, six, seven, eight months, going back into his junior season. Uh, Bob, I, I thought he was excellent on Saturday at yeah. the uh, at the at the OU camp I thought he put on a display of uh, things and being able to see him and kind of work with Jamar Kane I I'm almost to the point of of saying oh you should just go ahead and offer the kid yeah you you never know because you get that one moment there's been kids in the past we're not going to bring them up where they knew the OU camp was their moment to try to make it happen and either they put too much pressure on themselves or they just had an off day and it didn't come together what Brown did Saturday, that is how it's supposed to go. You've put all this pressure on yourself say, I'm going to come here, I'm going to be the man, I'm going to get an offer. He did everything he possibly could. Now we'll see if the offer comes, but the way he took instruction from Jamar Kane, the way that Calvin Thibodeau and Kane were watching him so intently on how he was doing all, all the drills, working one-on-one, I mean, that, that – I still think the Swedish kid had the best camp performance of anyone throughout the course of the month, and I actually have a top performers coming out later this week of all from all three camps that we went to. But there's no doubt Brown was was one of them, and you know it's it's so hard because the, the camps nowadays are all about the underclassmen guys. That if you can think that they can actually get a 2022 offer from a camp, that almost sounds crazy with the way that things work now. Breaking news. They have arrested the Tour de France sign lady. Good. Put her in prison. She run the entire first stage. Run my day. Actually, that's not right. But she did run the first stage. I think it just proves that they need to let the bikers take steroids again because that guy went down like a... Yeah, Lance Armstrong like would have just gone straight yeah. through that exactly. thing. Right. Yeah. I think that's a good... In fact, Even I think they should ball. stop races inject those guys during the race, and we'll see how fast they get. Yeah. I'm all for blood doping in uh, Tour de France. People cared about it then. It's, it's like true. the opposite of baseball. It's true. <laughs> I think you should be able to inject steroids before at-bats. Actually, you could argue that people cared more about baseball when they were doing steroids. I think that there probably were. I mean, we've seen the uh, disparity between uh, College World Series TV uh uh, numbers in the Women's College World Series. It's astronomical. You know, it's interesting that steroids weren't on the banned list for uh, NIL that came out. That would be fucking sweet. <laughs> <laughs> what was... Uh, Low-T commercials for college athletes. What was homeboy's name that we saw out in Arizona the one time at practice? Oh, uh, um, Larry Fitzgerald. No, 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 no. That played at OU. Clap. Oh, yes. Matt Clapp and his Hell grandfather. Yeah. Hell yeah. He was yeah. on Real Sports. Yeah. Hell yeah. 
That's what I, they need to get like into. Like openly there. doping. That's so sweet. And you know, Matt Clapp uh, is the strength coach for yeah, a Power uh, 5 school or something. Yeah, I saw it not long ago, and it kind of blew me away. Uh, I don't have to. I'll have to. Hey, one thing I will say to get, you know, w- while somebody efforts that and wants to look for it, um, you guys Indiana. remember right before the right before the podcast started, I said, hey, Oklahoma State's actually in front of Oklahoma in the team rankings. Well, while the pod was going on, Oklahoma State lost a commitment. Right. And yeah. has now dropped back below Oklahoma again. So they lived there for about a minute, and now they have gone back down All right, uh, now to we, number 16 of the team rankings. Now we, so, can, uh, now we can tweet it out. Now we can tweet those rank, team rankings out. Mm-hmm. Can't tweet yep. it out if OSU's ahead of them. No. But, guys, for people that are like, oh, the recruiting's not, you know, this, this, I had someone message me this morning like, oh, recruiting's, you know, 2022 looks like it's in real trouble. OU has eight commitments. It's number 13 in the country. If they landed even like an average four-star right now, they'd be at like number seven in the country and have fewer right. commitments than anybody else in the top ten. They are doing really well from a quality uh, you know, slash quantity ratio. Now, you've got to start reeling in some commitments, but as we've talked about, I think that's coming. So just, just bear with it. I, I think this will get better. I, uh, Oklahoma, it wouldn't shock me if the end of this month they're in the top three or four in the country. I think I'm going to title this pod "Break in Case of Emergency." Just like yeah. the jo- the Josh, uh, it's just it's been like therapy. It's like it's therapy for people that are panicking right now about recruiting. Recruiting Viagra is what it's going to be. So it's going to be fine. You guys are going to be recruiting okay. boner candy. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the recruiting. The Randy Marsh recruiting episode. We're just looking out for everybody's blood flow. That's all we're doing. Speaking of Mm -hmm. uh, boner candy, Spencer Rattler has a special message for you. Does he? No. I was was like, I I I don't know where this is going, but I am. That that was a dynamite (laughs) cliffhanger. That vote uh, is coming today, so we should know by the end of today if tomorrow is when NIL starts. Tomorrow's. And it's going to be an interesting day. I'm glad that Dennis Dodd took the uh, Pulitzer Prize award-winning <laughs> oh stance of he's hearing a Power Five quarterback has something set up. A national television I mean, or a national ad or something. That's big J journalism if I've ever seen it. That that felt like an Eddie Radosevich, sources are telling me, Source. and then with an asterisk, sources is my brain. Yes. Um, you know, the, God, that's so, like, are you serious? This is something you put out in front of people. I do, I do feel like we need to do some type of, like, frequently asked questions with Carrie Murdoch as far as NIL goes. <laughs> Though, because, it's seriously, because I think that there is a lot of... Well, just fight with me. I mean... But yeah, you can lay it out right. here. You're right. You're right. You're right. I mean, I know, and I've thought about it. I've thought about it. It'll be easier when OU puts out their list, but when they put out their list, people will just be like well there's where you can cheat I well mean, there is going to be i like i i think everybody kind of realizes that you got to go into this knowing that there's going to be somewhat of a interpretation and then there's going to be people that bend the rules i right. think that's just bound to happen well and it's like i okay so i want to drill down here and just kind of now NIL's name image likeness uh it is getting ready to we expect it to go into effect tomorrow schools have been racing to come up because they were directed by the NCAA that they needed to come up with uh their name image likeness rules and I know Alabama was someone who released something yesterday saying this is what their framework is 
Uh, it's very similar to what OU is doing, which is, you know, there's some some things. You know, I went in and I think I told told you guys this last week. I went in, or maybe I didn't. I I was going in to sit down with OU uh, and talk to them, and I did that, and I continued to communicate with them about you know what they can do and what they can't do, and some things have changed. Like here's the thing: no matter what is put out there, no matter what the Big 12 does or the SEC or Pac-12, Big 10, whoever, no matter what they put out there, it's probably going to change. There's Everybody's going to learn a lot about what works, what doesn't work, where the loopholes are. Uh, I've told OU some stuff that they didn't even know about in terms of like live streaming and, and donations. And like we have people on, on Rivals that do post-game shows with uh, something called Super Chat uh, where people just donate money because they're just thankful that you're doing a post-game show uh, or you said something that they liked and they give you five bucks. Like, it, it kind of came out of gaming, like, people that go on. and Because I've been studying up on this stuff, and apparently, like, Twitch streamers, they have so many different ways to... Mod- like, did you see that story about the guy that Twitch streamed himself sleeping and people could pay to make certain noises while he was asleep. I hate society right now. Uh, I just... But it was really funny because uh, someone had figured out, and I don't know if he got hacked or if he set this up, somebody figured out how to make the sound that Alexa's security system would make if someone was opening your window. And so it would just be Alexa's voice going, window, 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 window. And the guy did it all. Th- he made like $39,000 or something like that. By just that. not sleeping? By just letting people terrorize him throughout the night. I mean, I can't imagine the things I'd let people do and you have, to not I mean, let you, me sleep. The thing is, you have all these crypto people that are out there that don't even really place real value on money. Oh, so they're, they're just, just putting money, like not real money. It's like Bitcoin money. Well, no, what the crypto people will do, yeah, I mean, they'll just, they'll give them like Ethereum or they'll give them Bitcoin or something like, like, like they're kind of Strike me down now. I just want to get out of here. I'm just, I just love that we found something that makes you go, God, I I hate young people. I just can't, I just can't imagine. But, but I'm just saying like, there's all this shit that's out there that, that, these universities don't know about but just to where at, people are going to be able to fun, funnel money to athletes if they want to. Just look at the the little douchebag kid up at Kansas State. Yeah. You know how many TikTok followers that kid has? How many does he have? I didn't even it's look like into It's like 900 that. something thousand. Like he would be he would probably be the most profitable football player on the team at Kansas State come tomorrow. And everyone every single person that is just a football fan they see that and like, what the f- is happening? I know. <laughs> it's gonna, it's a, it's gonna be a wild world as far as the way that things go. And so, I think everybody's Carrie, just gonna have to be ready for it. I, I wanted to ask. It's, it's the one thing I can't ask. You saw the, <clears throat> the article from David Ubbin yesterday, right? Arguing that Jarrett Guarantano would have made a hundred and thirty thousand dollars on his um, Insta feed. Yeah, here's the Is thing. The, here's the thing. Um, okay. There are all these companies, and that's who, like, if you're a journalist and you're doing stories on this stuff, you are, you're left to talk to these companies that have been arranging NLI marketing and all this stuff. So you're essentially talking to PR people. You're essentially talking to people 
Like it's it's like if you went to the beef council and 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 asked them, you know, questions about tell me, you know, why beef doesn't contribute to heart disease and all. Of course they're going to say like there's no evidence that beef contributes to heart disease and in fact people that eat beef live up to age 98 on average. Like they're just going to tell you a bunch of shit like and that's what this is. Like he's talking to all these marketing agencies that are putting together all these numbers so they can give, uh, you know, um, presentations to all these athletes and put these, and it's kind of dangerous because you're putting all these figures in these guys' heads. Uh, and I don't believe, I, nobody knows. Nobody knows how much money Spencer Rattler is going to make this year off of it. And he'll be someone that, can make a lot of money off of this stuff. You know, compared to how much can, like, I don't expect that we'll be able to do anything with Spencer Rattler because he'll be doing stuff with, he's got, he'll have a team that's already hired and in place and, uh, you know, got national deals worked out or, you know, regional deals worked out with, you know, just to post stuff on Instagram. He'll probably make some decent money off of that. Now, uh, it gets into that thing like I don't know. All these companies are out there, and they they're just like I read an article. I think uh um uh what's his name from Sports Illustrated, the national writer, um, Ross. Uh, oh, Dellinger. Dellinger. Yeah. Okay. Like I read one of his articles, and he was talking about all these companies that have popped up, and like you know, OU in Alabama had this in their thing yesterday. Like employees cannot arrange anything. For players, well, when these universities hire these NIL firms, they're not supposed to be able to arrange marketing things. But what they do is they spin off into a, a marketing department. So the same company is also has another company on the side that's market that's going to set up these deals. So they're trying to make it like a one-stop shop. So, I mean, the big question is what is a role, what's the role for someone like Sooner Scoop? And it might be just to help, you know, players that are not the big stars. I mean, uh, you know, it might be that we work more with, uh, I, I mean, I want to say like a Caleb Williams, but maybe he, he's even going to be popular enough just being a backup at Oklahoma where, you know, he'd be too much for us. So, you know, maybe we work with Jeremiah Hall or, uh, which he, he'd be say. a great you, guy to work learn with. Who, who I would fun interview. I would absolutely I would absolutely work with Jeremiah Hall. Yeah. Um right. uh and maybe it's like Nick Benito, you know, defensive guys that aren't the sexy uh you know guys. So um I I don't think Drake Stoops would want to do all that stuff, but you know, it's something like I don't know what level he must not want to win the Blinikoff this year. Uh I don't know what level you know, athlete is going to be doing this or that. Like, and the other thing is like the walk-ons or the third teams, like just like that kid at Kansas state, there's going to be someone that understands social media and, and TikTok, Spence, uh, Spence Jones and YouTube. Yes. Yeah, Great Jones, example. Uh, no, no question. That is able to, you know, put together interesting content and monetize it and make some money. I, the the thing that really caught me, and I shouldn't catch me off guard, but just somebody like a, somebody like a uh, Graham Mertz, like that's a great example right now. Is mm -hmm. like from from a very like tunnel vision standpoint, I just can't imagine investing in a Graham Mertz, but I would imagine in Wisconsin, 
Hell yeah, there's a lot of people that probably would. And I think I find it like the whole situation interesting too as far as like the logo that he put out now people are saying that it's a copyright issue like there's so many more headaches i think than maybe people just the general public and myself included didn't expect well this was brought up on the board like what if a booster pays someone a whole bunch of money just to come to their kid's birthday party sure and i let me put this out there you're a loser if you do that (laughs) straight up well, for one, compliance would, would say you can't do that, I think. This is what I think would happen. Compliance would say, no, you can't get $100,000 for going to a kid's birthday party. Uh, and, you know, we can't tell you not to do that, but if you do that, we're going to declare you ineligible. That's kind of that's how I think it will work. It's going to be interesting when the first kid, and there's going to be somebody out there that is declared eligible because they don't ineligible. go by the road. Yeah, ineligible because they don't go by the, by the book. Well, and there's going to be kids. It's just that, like the baseball stuff. Like, I can't believe there's somebody that's already been kicked out for the uh, sticky tax stuff. It's like you knew that they were going to check. In like, college, they did. No, in, in Major League Baseball, oh, okay. the Hector Santiago oh, yeah, guy yeah. from the Mariners. Yeah. Like, somebody's going to step across that line, though, when it comes to the NIL stuff, and they're going to get ruled ineligible, and there's going to be a shitstorm about it. I, I, I think what's most likely is that someone takes advantage of the whole you know live stream donation thing. And that they have to root out that and the people that are doing that. Uh, because I, I just think that that's the most, that makes the most sense where someone's going to, you know, not cheat, but where they're going to really kind of game the system. And I think like a lot of times there's going to be people that just say screw it and they're going to continue paying players the way that they have been for the last 25 years. You know, it's not, and it's not going to really be anything to even, be pointed out. It's just gonna be like, yeah, that's the way they're doing it in Baton Rouge, but Auburn, essentially, Tallahassee, essentially, Tuscaloosa. The, the spirit of this all Athens, is that you get paid Knoxville, Oxford, uh, Starkville. <laughs> you get paid. You got any more? You get paid to uh, Columbia. You get paid <coughs> Clemson. You gotta include them, even though not SEC. Just the state of South Carolina. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Sorry, Shane. You will be able to earn money just because you're a quote, an air quote, famous football player. That's essentially what this is. Now, how you go about making that money, it should be through social media postings representing companies. Uh, It could be paid media appearances. It could be selling your own merchandise, having your own clothing line. Uh, It could be. You know, when you're talking about social media posts, you're talking about apparel companies, you're talking about sports drinks, you're talking about uh, who, whatever. I mean, hopefully someone will do watches, just not shitty ones. Um, so, do you, you think know, that there's going to be like big players that get involved in this? Like, and I, I don't know what I would consider a big like Apple. Like an See, Apple like, Watch. Will they get I mean, involved the in thing. college football? Like, And this has been talked about a lot on the board. I think the people that really get it are like, if Apple has a lot of money to throw out there, they're not doing it at a regionalized college mm-hmm. football star. They're doing it at a national level. Why don't they go get a Russell Wilson, yes. basically? Yes. I yeah. mean, get a get a, a NFL athlete that everyone recognizes. That makes sense. I mean, like, Baker does the progressive stuff. I guess it could be argued, though, if they want to get into a new demo, whether it be, like, high school kids or whoever, they would go after a big name. But, see, it's going to be different. It's going to be different on TikTok versus Instagram versus Twitter. Sure. 
Uh, but it is also, and it might be like college, you know, prep courses and shit like that. I mean, it yeah. might be uh, LSAT preparation course, courses or, uh, you know, ACT prep for kids in, in high school. I mean, those are going to be coming. Like, that's the thing. We kind of think our sports world that mm -hmm. we're interested in, uh, and we hear, you know, you listen to sports radio, you know what most guys, you know, aging guys sure. are into. It's... Uh, I don't think low that, T. Yeah, I don't think there. Uh, <laughs> it's there's going to be too many Caleb Kelly low T. Uh, like I'm, I'm a eighth year senior. It's restaurants. Uh, I mean, just sure. go down the list. Sure, I've it's going to be wild. Several of those. It's going to be wild. I don't. But like for college kids, it it might be you know people that follow them. Uh, it'll be some of that, but it'll also be younger things. It'll it'll be, uh, and maybe it is. You know, kind of an Android versus iPhone. You know, iOS kind of. Maybe they decide let's get involved with this stuff. But but I don't know. I mean, that's the whole thing. You're going to go through this year. Everybody's going to learn. Marketers going to learn. Companies are going to learn. Media outlets are going to learn. Uh, the university's certainly going to learn. Coaches are going to learn. I mean, to me, time constraints are the biggest challenge of this all because you can't sign up and and just. You know, you don't have the time to promote yourself like a professional athlete would. Like sure. they have time mm -hmm. to be uh, big sponsors, and that's the thing. Like the other thing about a national company coming in, they want a lot of your time. And yeah. if you're a college athlete, you just don't have that to give. You can't them. be flying like, hey, coach, I got to miss practice today. Yeah. I got a, uh... I got a photo shoot <laughs> in Milan. <laughs> right. That's not happening with college kids. Yeah, that's kind of what I want to happen, but we'll see. Now, if you win the if you win the Heisman Trophy, that's and then change. you come back, then you can be in the Heisman House commercials, sure. and you can get paid just what the other guys get paid. And I'm sure, and that's the other thing. Like I'm sure, OU would sign off and say you can wear the OU jersey in the in the Heisman House. Commercial. I think the other part of that too is something that you've talked about on the board, just as far as like, okay, Oklahoma's a Gatorade school. Mm -hmm. They're not gonna. You're not gonna have a kid that's out here doing body armor or whatever. No, you are now. Or you can. Now, you can yeah, now. You yeah. Okay. They've changed. They've changed course on that. Oh, okay. Because yeah. Alabama, they they're doing the same thing. Like the, I think they got pressure because the SEC was like, look, we can, we're gonna let our athletes advertise uh, competitive competitors to our partners. Okay. I'd, I'd miss that part. So that makes a little bit more sense. Like that's that just a, that's a common, a that's a common that, sense yeah. type thing. It seems like though. Yeah. Because you know, people in that space, sports drinks are in that space that athletes can benefit from apparel is in that space that athletes can benefit. I mean, you would think it'd be like Wilson football or something, you know? Uh, but if they're, I don't know if they have, a, I don't even know. I was one of that. Cause I had to buy a bunch of uh, footballs for photo shoots uh, and there were a bunch of Wilson, and I was looking on photos. I think OU, OU uses Wilson footballs. I think everybody does. Maybe Do that's they, an NCAA in thing. Yeah, they might. I really don't know. That's what we should have got into. Production of footballs. Or like like any type of ball, it feels like. I feel like that's but a I mean, monopoly. Nike makes balls and Under Armour makes balls. I know, and they're shitty, it seems like. Nobody uses them. I know, that's what I'm saying. They all use Wilson because probably it's crazy. That's the only good football. So, um, other than that, anything you guys want to ask me about that stuff? Name, image, likeness that I hadn't talked about. No, I'm just curious to see what tomorrow is like. If you know, besides Graham Mertz, the, who's who's ready to roll out whatever the heck they've 
Jason I would think it. there's some people at midnight tonight will be 12.01. You'll probably see some Spencer Rattler with a media post. Can't wait to see what it is. I did notice that the high school kids that have been posting that, like, hit me up in my DMs about name, image, likeness, they're deleting it because somebody's like, you know, this isn't for high school kids, right? This is, this Sorry, is the college. Buddy. You got to get to college. That, that kind of, like, the first one of those, I was like, are, are you serious with this, guys? Like, <laughs> you, you're not in college. Like, you haven't done anything. Yeah. You're a high school junior, pal. Just, you know. I'm sure uh, Buddy Garrity will give you a job, and you don't have to work. And that's what I was thinking, like, when we were talking the other night. It's like, I can imagine, like, living in, you know, insert small town in Texas or Oklahoma or wherever. Like, they would love to be able to use a senior in high school as a, come on down. Get, like, a cardboard cutout of yes. guy. Just stick him in the Badass. I think they should do that. Well, I think you They could, probably still will. You can, If you can do that, you just it's kind of like, uh, you know, when the cheerleaders put the signs in your yard. Every car dealership just has cardboard cutouts of their favorite player or something, and the player gets like 500 bucks or something. That'd be cool. <laughs> it's amazing. Smash Williams gets 1000 And we always talk about football when it comes to this, but like, I'm almost more excited, or not excited, I guess intrigued to see how it affects these small sports, like gymnastics, softball. Well, yeah, like, I mean, Jocelyn Alo, like, Track. she should be able to have, I, like, T-shirts and sell and stuff. Mm-hmm. That, absolutely. I mean, uh, uh, Jalo Shop. You think Jada Coleman isn't going to make money off of this? She has to, I would imagine. Well, McKenzie, she should make a lot of money. Over the next couple years, for sure. You almost wonder if somebody would do, like, a Jada and Bowman, like, try to do some sort of yep. mix them together. Kind no of doubt. Lab. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I mean, look at, like... I think Maggie Nichols would be a perfect example of somebody that yeah. she would have made a shit ton of money when she was still in school. If you're, I mean, like, you know, you could do some cool golf stuff. I mean, yeah. just hit us up. We'll, we'll merch you out if you want. I got a pretty good product in Norman right now. There's no doubt about that. I mean, just think of the visors alone. Oh, my God. Yes. I'm gonna we, just we have to shut up. We're giving people good ideas. <laughs> we have, we, yes. we get, we're, we're just yes. throwing out too many good ideas for people. That's and, why I didn't really want to talk about all and what we're doing. Once again, stuff. when football season starts, I have a an open faced visor. We'll just I'll be a NASCAR out there. Just throw <laughs> ads on my hat the entire time. He's got a Fig Newton ad on his visor. We could like literally just have Newton. you I might wear be Twinkie though. Our player merch on the sidelines, and people be like, "What's Eddie wearing?" Because people just take pictures of you and send them to you. It's kind of creepy. But yeah, I keep respect. doing it. It makes me feel good about myself. <laughs> uh, speaking of that, Eddie and I have an appointment this afternoon relating to some things that we talked about. Um, so, guys, anything that we want to wrap up with that we haven't talked about before we get out of here? Basketball. Uh, I know, Bob, you had maybe you just want to talk yeah, about just, your story that you had. A, yeah, just a lot of visits going on. And now the live evaluation period will be definitely kicking into full gear throughout the course of this month. And I, it's, it's just an adjustment for me because I always knew who Lon and staff were going after. It was a very narrow you know, group that this like we had they had to feel confident that they had a legitimate chance where Porter Moser just casting a wide net saying I'm bringing anybody and everybody. And it's, so it's just a, it's, it's a different feel compared to just having like two or three 
visitors a couple weeks to having like four or five every single week and you know just seeing if which one's going to resonate and how how well he's been able to do in the in the first couple months i'm sure it's got a lot of people excited about what's to come in the future and what's the uh Baransic report eddie they got commits. She's done more. She's done more in like two months than Sherry Cole did in ten years. <laughs> <laughs> There's your update. <laughs> there was they a little like two, two commits in a week. I, and I think one was from a girl down in Tuttle that's supposed to be a pretty good player. I, I'm not going to act like I follow it very closely, but she I think led Tuttle to a state championship. She's like six four, six five, really tall. Hmm. Has to be pretty good, I would imagine. I don't know. All right. The transfer portal's right. been active. There was a surprise today out of the baseball world. Jace Bofrin entered the uh, transfer portal today. So that was unexpected. I, I'll just put it that way. And a lot of uh, softball players have been in. A lot of softball, week. a lot of baseball. Uh, there's been one golfer, I believe, Tucker Allen, who I don't think was expected to be in the top five anyway. So uh, the transfer portal remains active through, I think, tomorrow. I think you had to... If you haven't if entered you the portal, want to be immediately eligible I see. for this upcoming season at the deadline seven one, right? July one. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that you have to be in it as much as you have to have made some type of written statement to your school declaring that you want to be in it. So even if no, there's kids that aren't in it now, I think that they still could. They just have to have the permission from the school. Yeah, and I don't know if it's different for a grad transfer i would think it would be i think a yeah. grad transfer could yeah i think they can, if you're not a yeah. grad transfer it's tomorrow all right uh that's gonna do it for this edition of the unofficial 40 podcast the uh break in case of emergency edition as we're calling it uh appreciate uh, josh with all the insight on recruiting uh what has been a very surprising day for a lot of people's talon shetron uh, decommits from Oklahoma and commits to Oklahoma State. We'll have more on the website as we go along. A lot of visits or a lot of commitments coming up uh, that Josh says is going to make you feel better. Uh, by the end of July, I, I'll paraphrase for Josh, uh, by the end of July, I think you'll be okay. I think you're going to be okay. You'll be happy. Uh, so thanks for listening. We'll be back again this time next week for another edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast from Soonerscoop.com.